Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I really hope that you're doing well wherever you are. Um, Here in the UK, we are experiencing a bit of a rise in cases again of the uh, coronavirus. So hopefully that will work itself out. Um, We don't have to go through too many closures before it does get sorted out. Um, But yeah, wherever you are, I really hope that you're managing to stay safe. And I really hope that you're managing to still continue to enjoy life in some way. Now, this has been quite a, a interesting and challenging week for me. Um, I completed the virtual London Marathon on Sunday, uh, which was, it was interesting, actually. It was interesting trying to do something like that without any kind of support, without the crowds, um, without the usual things that you can use to kind of distract yourself and make the experience something other than just running around in circles for a very, very long time. Now, I was actually really, really lucky that because I was fundraising for a charity, in the last few miles, there were actually some people who came out and cheered me on, which was hugely appreciated, um, and even a little finishing line at the end. So, although it was quite a stressful experience, there were loads of really good positives. Um, so I'm really glad that I took part, and of course, raised money for charity, which is something that's really important to me personally, as it's really nice to be able to give back to causes that do something that really benefit other people. So yeah, that was my week. It's uh, been fun trying to recover from it. Uh, it took me a few days to recover, but I'm feeling pretty good now. So it seems to be all sorted and all finished. Now in this week's episode, I am going to be talking about optimism. A little bit about what optimism is, what kind of makes up optimism, a little bit about how you can tell where on the optimism scale you might be, as in optimism versus pessimism. And then I'm also going to talk through a couple of ways that you can actually think about improving your optimism and a little bit of information as to why that might be a good idea for you. So we'll start with the basics. What is optimism? So of course I had to Google this and see what the <laughs> what the official definition was. Um, now I think we all have an idea of what optimism is. Obviously it's a it's a positive emotion. It's thinking about things in a positive way. Um, but the Oxford Dictionary also includes the fact that it is a hopefulness and a confidence about the future or the success of something that's going to happen. So that's quite interesting. We can break down optimism into hopefulness, also a little bit of confidence as well. Now, obviously, that's a big part of the work that I do with clients is to try and improve confidence in many different ways, in a a really nice realistic way as well. So when we're talking about confidence about the future or confidence in the success of something, That's a really integral part of optimism and a really key part of what we try and work with with clients and something that is really important that you consider within yourself as to how much of that confidence you really have. How confident are you in your future and how confident are you in the success of something that you want to do? Because that will build a really important part of your optimism. Now, another really key thing about optimism 
is being aware of the way that we explain something that's happened to us. So how we explain it to ourselves and sometimes to other people, but mainly to ourselves. This is what we call in psychology an explanatory style. Now, the thing here is that somebody who is really low in optimism, so pessimistic, will have loads of different negative thoughts about a situation and also themselves in that situation. And this differs quite a lot from somebody who is high in optimism, who will actively look for the positives and will look for positive solutions that they themselves can implement on the situation. Even if the situation is the same, those people will react differently. So to give you an example of this, say you've lost your job recently, which is unfortunately happening to quite a large number of people. An optimistic person would consider that the opportunity to find a new job, even if they're sad to lose the old one, is an opportunity for them to expand, to do something different, to maybe get different skills. Whereas a pessimistic person might dwell on various aspects of the fact that they've been laid off. So maybe that they've been let go, but other people haven't. So there's obviously something wrong with them. It could be something as simple as that. But the person with the negative thoughts is most likely to find that when it comes to getting future jobs, they're most likely to be affected by it because they're less likely to be confident in their future and in the success of something. So they might have some hope, but they don't have the other components that make up optimism. So the important thing about your explanatory style is that you think about how you explain your problems and your setbacks to yourself and whether or not you tend to go for a more positive or negative way of thinking about and potentially solving the issue. Now, people, this is a spectrum, really. So you can range from extreme pessimism to extreme optimism and pretty much everywhere in between. And we're all on that scale. Um, there are very few people that are at either end. I'm sure they exist. I've not come across them personally. But for the most part, we're all going to be kind of in the middle somewhere. Whether that's slightly leaning to one side or the other, we'll be somewhere on that spectrum. And we might find that we're at different places on that spectrum at different points in our lives, depending on various things that are going on. If we're already feeling tired, low, worried about other stuff, then we're going to struggle a little bit more with optimism. Then if we're feeling really happy, everything's going well, it's a lot easier to be optimistic in that situation. So we can range massively in how optimistic and how pessimistic we are. And what we find is that even though people have the same life experiences, the way that each P person handles it and thinks about the experience can be really different based on how optimistic or how pessimistic they are. Now, one of the key aspects of pessimism is something that we call learned helplessness. So this is how we, we learn to feel helpless in situations. So this is when a person finds out that events are uncontrollable to them. And by experiencing that, not being able to control an event, they expect that all events will also be outside of their control. So we all experience different events throughout our lives, and it's quite normal for us to experience events that we don't have a lot of control over. But for somebody who has developed pessimism as a really strong thing, has 
learned helplessness and learned to attribute that helplessness to future events as well. Now you can tell when somebody is on this area of the spectrum because they have several main thinking patterns. So they'll have thoughts about internal factors and those thoughts will be things like, it's all my fault, I'm a terrible person. So lots of negative beliefs about themselves. We also have something called stable factors. So this is where we have an ongoing belief of how the situation is. So these kind of examples will be things like, it's always my fault. I've always been a terrible person and it will always be the same. And then we have the way that they think about the world. So we call these global factors. So in this situation, those types of thoughts will be, everyone knows that it's my fault. No one will ever want to have any kind of relationship with me because I'm such a terrible person. And they might sound like quite extreme examples, depending on whereabouts on the spectrum you are. But these are quite genuine thoughts of people who have experienced helplessness and have learnt to expect that they will be helpless in all future situations. And if we think about what optimism was, if we go back to our original definition, optimism is made up of hopefulness and confidence about the future and confidence in success. So if a person feels like every situation that's coming up they're going to be helpless in, it's going to be very difficult for them to be optimistic about any situation that occurs. So this is where it can become quite a challenge when we're working with clients, because we really do have to work on quite basic beliefs that they have about themselves, about the things around them, and also about the ongoing stable factors that they believe are always a certain way. And this can be a real challenge, and it takes quite a lot of bravery for a person to actually decide to change the way that they uh, feel about these things, change their beliefs. So really, we're now talking about how is it that we actually learn optimism? So say you've worked out that actually you're quite a pessimistic person. You've listened to some of my examples and you think, actually, that sounds relatively like what I tend to think and say to myself. How do we think about learning optimism? Well, it's really important that you consider doing it because basically the more pessimistic you are about an event, the more likely you are to have negative consequences of that event. So it's really important that if you identify as somebody who could be heading towards the more pessimistic end of that scale, that you really teach yourself how to be more optimistic. And there's a couple of techniques that we know can work. They can be a bit of a challenge and you need to practice them in order to get them working well for you. But the important thing is that you give them a go because you'll find that over time it gets a lot easier. Now, the first one is to use distraction. And the idea of using distraction is that you actually put aside the event for, for a small amount of time. So say a situation has happened that you're not happy about, that you're feeling rubbish about, that's leading you to feel rubbish about future events, then try and do something else just for a small amount of time. Just so that you're thinking about something else, you're engaged in something else. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be exercise. It could be reading a book. It could be watching TV. Um, it could be creating something. It really, really doesn't matter what the distraction is as long as it's something that you find particularly engaging. Now, the idea behind this and the benefit of this 
is that you can allow some of the emotion associated with the situation just to dissipate gently. And what this means is that you can come back to the issue that you were originally facing, but with a bit of a fresh look, and you can have a rethink and a bit of a re-evaluation about what you want to do with it. Now, the reason this technique is particularly helpful is that pessimistic people are particularly prone to worrying about issues. So they think, oh, this is another thing I need to worry about. This is another problem that can't be solved. This is another situation that's ruining my life. This is another situation where I'm not able to achieve the things that I want to achieve. And having those kind of thought processes mean that there's a lot of emotion attached to the issue. And what we find with people is that the more emotions are at play, the harder it is to find a positive solution, particularly if those emotions become things like anxiety, fear, worry, concern, all of those types of emotions make it much more difficult to find a positive solution to the situation that you find yourself in. So a few other ways that you can distract yourself are things like relaxation exercises, um, breathing exercises, self-hypnosis is obviously a good one that I teach clients how to do. Um, mindfulness is another amazing opportunity to take your brain somewhere else and do something else. But it can just be doing something else for a short amount of time. The important thing, however, is that even though you're distracting yourself initially, that at some point you do go back to the issue. Because what we find with people with anxiety, so people who are struggling with their emotions about a situation and find that the situation makes them feel anxious or scared or fear, is that they will avoid the situation completely. So make sure you do actually go back and address the issue and think it through instead of just ignoring it and hoping that it goes away. So the second way that you can start to think about using optimism in a more positive way is called disputation. Now, the ideal for this is to do it after you've calmed down a little bit. So it can be useful to do some distraction, calm yourself down, and then come back to this disputation idea. And the idea is that after you've calmed down, you can start to see the situation in a bit more of an objective way. And you can start to think about challenging your beliefs in this situation. So one of the key questions to ask yourself is, what am I thinking about this situation that is causing me to feel so stressed and upset and angry? Why am I thinking this way about this situation? What is it that I'm actually reacting to in this situation? And once you've had a bit of an opportunity to have a think about what's actually going on here, you can start to then think about what would be a more helpful way of looking at the situation. And then finally asking yourself, how can I get a more positive outcome from this situation? So going back to the original example, if you found that you've lost your job recently, and you're angry and you're upset and all of those emotions are perfectly okay. But when it comes to resolving the situation, those emotions aren't going to help you. So how can you think differently about what's happened? How can you see it as an opportunity? How can you turn the situation for your personal benefit so that you get a positive outcome from it? And so that you can allow yourself to feel optimistic, which to remind you again, is that hopefulness and that confidence about the future and the success of something 
So if you're going to want to go find another job, you're going to need to be in that headspace really of making sure that you have the opportunity to do it in the best way you possibly can, as opposed to worrying about, oh, I never get the jobs that I want and things like that. So why bother? Why bother putting the time and effort into thinking about being more optimistic? Well, research has shown that optimists are much more likely to adopt a problem-solving approach to situations. And this has fairly obvious benefits in that if something goes wrong, the simplest thing to do is to work out how to fix it, how to make sure that the problem gets solved, particularly in a way that helps you, makes it a positive thing. The other thing that we notice is that people who are more optimistic will actively seek out social support strategies. Now, again, this is really important because often people with anxiety that I work with um, and depression, actually, will kind of push people away. So they'll end up in these situations that they're really, really struggling with. And they kind of, I guess, almost shut down and they don't want to get other people involved. They don't want to burden other people. They don't want to admit that something's gone wrong. Whereas people who are more optimistic will seek out social support. So they'll get help from family and friends. They'll accept help when someone offers it to them. And this ends up being a much more healthy and positive way of dealing with the situation. Optimists are also much more able to focus on the more positive situations, even of really stressful situations. So it doesn't mean that they don't feel stress or upset or negative emotions. They still feel those things, but they're able to have a look and find the more positive aspects of that situation that will suit them. And we also know that optimism is linked to better mental and physical health as well. So optimism is a really strong trait that if you can train yourself to be more optimistic, it's going to have wide reaching benefits for yourself, for the people around you and for your future success. Now, there's a link between optimism and depression as well. So people who are optimistic are much less likely to suffer from depression. I mean, this kind of makes sense and seems fairly obvious. But if you think about it, pessimists tend to look at the downsides of life. And whilst that in itself isn't necessarily a precursor to depression, it's the results of these ongoing feelings that are kind of the issue. So if you constantly are looking at the negatives, then feelings of sadness, feelings of lacking in hope, feelings of pointlessness, feelings of not of wanting to give up rather, are going to be the feelings that you end up feeling. And this, these are very key for depression and very key for understanding how that downward spiral can occur. Because once you start down that route of nothing's ever going to work for me, so what's the point in trying? Then we end up in self-sabotaging behaviours where you don't actually try and you don't actually do the things that you need to be able to do. So basically what we find is that for an optimist, they're aware of their problems, they know they are problems, but they also know that they're not forever. And what we find is that over time, optimists are a lot less discouraged when things do go wrong, which is a really key part of learning to overcome failures, learning to build confidence again afterwards, because ultimately, I think everybody really experiences some form of failure in their life. 
And often it's not the failure itself that's the issue. It's how we then decide to deal with that failure and how we decide to kind of fix it or do something about it afterwards. So I hope that was interesting for you. Optimism is really useful and I mean there's a lot of talk about positive psychology and positivity and things like that and I think it's interesting to talk about all the different aspects of it uh, which is why I thought optimism was an interesting thing to have a bit of a chat about. So I'm interested to hear if you have any particular questions about anxiety or about overcoming anxiety or building positivity, building optimism, building confidence as I'm more than happy to share uh, my answers with you in podcasts. Do make sure you go back and have a listen to some of my previous episodes as well, as I do try and cover quite a wide range of topics to do with anxiety and to do with overcoming anxiety. And I would hugely appreciate it as well if you'd be happy to leave a review for this podcast, particularly if you've enjoyed it, found it useful, and you think that other people might find it useful too, then leaving me a very nice, ideally five-star review would be particularly appreciated. So until next week, I will leave you and I very much hope that you have a good week and that you stay as safe as you possibly can. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.